group of songs that are the words of psalms put to music. That was one of them. We are going to experience some of those as we preach through this series in the net. Wasn't that an encouraging, encouraging psalm? And another one, I want you to stand as we read together, if you're comfortable standing. As we read this morning in our series, Words of Worship, from Psalm 20, beginning in verse 1. May the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and grant you support from Zion. May he remember all your sacrifices and accept your burnt offerings. May he give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. May we shout for joy over your victory and lift up our banners in the name of our God. May the Lord grant all your requests. And may he grant blessing and understanding to the reading of his word together. Amen. You may be seated. This is the second message in our series, Words of Worship. Our focus over these next weeks will be on the Psalms of King David and what they teach us about becoming worshipers of the one true God. In our message last week, we were introduced to this David, a young shepherd and the son of Jesse of Bethlehem. We saw that David was chosen among his seven brothers. He was not chosen for his stature. He was not chosen for his birth order or his position. In the text in verse 7 of 1 Samuel 17, we read and we remember people look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And so David was chosen and David was anointed. But his role as king of Israel was not realized immediately. There are some things that take place before David assumes the role of king. Remember what we said. God qualifies the called. Say that. God qualifies the called. You're going to be tired of me saying that. We find the first significant task that David is called to in the latter portion of 1 Samuel 16, beginning in verse 14. David finds himself in the service of Saul the king. Verse 14 of 1 Samuel, now the spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul. And an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. First, note that the spirit of the Lord had departed from King Saul. When you read the story of King Saul, 
you will find that the anointing of God had been on his life. But he continually resisted. Say resisted. He continually resisted the Holy Spirit's guidance, the Holy Spirit's direction, the Holy Spirit's instructions. This this disobedience left an opening. It left an opening. It left a gap that would allow an evil spirit to penetrate Saul's life. Careful if you're disobedient, friend. Left an opening. The evil spirit that tormented Saul certainly did not originate with God. God is the giver of good gifts. But because the Spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul, there was this weakness. There was this opening that the enemy could take advantage of. There was a vacuum. The Spirit of the Lord had departed, and an evil spirit had entered. Friends, this was just more than just a little anxiety attack. This was deeper than what you and I would describe today as depression. This was a maddening presence in Saul's life. And it plagued him at such a level of severity that those around him, others saw it, recognized it. Those around him recognized the deep struggle that Saul was engaged in. Say deep struggle. Saul's attendants. How many know that the king has attendants? Servants. His peeps. His entourage. The servants of Saul had an idea. You see, they recognized it and they said, See, an evil spirit from God is tormenting him. Let our Lord command his servants here to search for someone who can play the lyre. He will play when the evil spirit comes on him and he will feel better. I like this. The servants of Saul had an idea, they had a cure, they had an answer music. Not only music, but, but skilled music with an anointing from the Lord upon it. Let's find someone who can play skillfully, that can soothe the spirit that troubles the king. That's the answer that the servants and, and, and those around the king came up with. Let's find a good musician. Let's find a good musician. Let's find someone who can play skillfully. And that will soothe the spirit that troubles the king. Skill and anointing. Say that. Skill and anointing. Here's a worship principle. We're going to learn worship principles in this series. There is power in praise and worship, friends. There is power in praise. There is power to heal. There is power to soothe. 
there is power to deliver. Turn to praise when you are troubled, my friend, and God will break through. I said, turn to praise when you are troubled, and God will break through. Joyce Meyer writes, when we complain about our current situation, we remain in it. When we praise God in the midst of difficulty, he raises us above it. Darlene Check, the Australian singer and writer of praise songs, says this. Praise is a declaration, a victory cry, promising faith to stand firm in the place that God has given you. Praise is a proclamation that the enemy's intent to plunder you will not succeed. Praise declares that you will not be moved by the enemy's attempt to snatch you away. I said, praise declares that the enemy's intention to move you, to swallow you, to snatch you away will not be successful. So Saul said to his attendants, okay, find someone who plays well and bring him to me. One of the servants answered, I've seen a son of Jesse. Say that. I've seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play the lyre. He is a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and is a fine-looking man. Now listen, now listen. And the Lord is with him. Grab a hold of that, folks, and hang on to that this morning. The Lord was with this young man, David. Word was getting around. Word was getting around about this young man, David. His skill as a musician. His bravery in battle. His ability to communicate. Remember it said he speaks well. And most importantly, say most importantly, most importantly, the Lord is with him. See friends, the anointing on David's life is starting to surface. I want to say to us that these characteristics in David's life had developed while he was out in the field. They developed while he was out in the field. David's time tending the sheep for his father was not wasted time. It was not idle time. It was the time that God used to develop David's character. And I think it is significant that the king's servants not only recognized that this young man was a skilled musician, but they recognized, the king's servants recognized that the Lord was with him. Of all the qualities, of all the qualifications to be recognized and esteemed in the life of a man or woman, the Lord is with them should be at the top of the list. There's a term that musicians like to use. It's called the woodshed. 
Some of us older folks remember what a trip to the woodshed used to mean. For a musician, the woodshed is the practice room, known between my buddy Arnold and I as simply the shed. I will call him some days and say, what you doing? And he'll say, I've been in the shed. For a musician, the woodshed is the practice room. It's the practice room. It's the place that we shut ourselves in to do the hard work of learning to play an instrument. It's the place where tone is developed and scales are learned. It's the place where personal playing style is developed that sets one musician apart from the others. I recently had the pleasure of hearing an absolute master tenor saxophone player perform. Let me tell you, this guy had spent a lot of time in the woodshed. His distinctive and beautiful style was so evident, and the hard work that it took to develop that style was evident. I can imagine David on a hillside with the sheep. Think with me. Those first hours learning to play a stringed instrument were tedious and hard, and yet David was determined to learn to play skillfully. Spent time in the shed. And among all his other positive traits, his skill at musicianship stood out. And it's just what the doctor ordered for the troubled king. For the troubled king. Verse 19. Verse 19, then Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, send me your son David who is with the sheep. <laughs> I find that almost comical. There's always some humor in the word of God in there. The one who's going to come and minister to Saul, the one who's going to come and enter into his courts and sit at his feet and play the musical instrument and minister to King Saul, where is he? He's out with the sheep. I suspect he smelled like the sheep. I suspect he was dressed like an outdoorsman shepherd would be dressed. And yet there was a calling on his life. There was a calling on his life. And that calling began to, began to take root. And, and, and the messengers came to Jesse, send me your son David who is with the sheep. So Jesse took a donkey loaded with bread, a skin of wine, and a young goat, and sent them with his son, David, to Saul. I would note here that David's father, Jesse, had respect for the king. Amen? He honored King Saul with the sending of gifts along with his son. And young David makes his way to the king. David came, verse 21, look at this. Verse 21, David came to Saul and entered his service. Saul liked him very much, and David became one of his servants, one of his armor bearers. Then Saul sent word to Jesse, saying, Could he please stay? See this? 
allowed David, look, at, look again at the respect. Saul could have just said, you're staying here because I'm the king and you stay here. But what did he do? He sent a message to Jesse and he said, allow, allow this boy to stay in my courts. My sick humor thought about asking permission to marry here. <laughs> could, could she stay? Could he stay? Saul, Saul was, was enamored by this young, man, uh, this young man, David. And he was the son of Jesse, and he wanted to make sure that, that he had Jesse's blessing for, Saul, or for, for David to stay and minister to Saul. Allow David to remain in my service, for I am pleased with him. So now, we have the Lord is with him, and I am pleased with him. Look at verse 23. Whenever, say whenever. Whenever the Spirit from God came and troubled Saul, David would take up his lyre and play. Then relief would come to Saul. He would feel better, and the evil spirit would leave him. Wow. Whenever the spirit would trouble Saul, David would take up his soprano saxophone and play. Come on. Come on, that was pretty good. David would take up his lyre and play. And relief would come to Saul. How many of you like relief? Amen. Huh? Sometimes it's a Tylenol. Sometimes it's a, sometimes it's a warm cloth over the, over the forehead and the lights off in the room. We all like relief. Relief would come to Saul when David would play. And as skilled as a musician as David was, listen, I believe that it was the Spirit of God on David's life expressed through his music that was the calming potion that King Saul needed. Amen. He could have gotten little music almost anywhere. Huh? Little Bluetooth connection to his speaker and, and, and Saul could have had some Saul could have had some music in the courtyard. The anointing of God on music affects people's lives. It still does today. I'm thankful for that. My brother Arnold is thankful for that. You've seen it happen, brother. It was a calming potion that King Saul needed. Friend, what is it that breaks through the troubled days of your life? What is it that you need to break through your deepest, darkest days? See, there, there is a calming, a peace that comes when we are ministered to by the Spirit of God that flows through a person who God has gifted and chosen to minister healing, deliverance, even peace into your life. That was a mouthful, but I'm going to say it again. 
There is a calming, a peace that comes when we are ministered to by the Spirit of God that flows through a person whom God has gifted and chosen to minister healing, deliverance, and even peace into your life. I would like to think that that sometimes comes from the sound of a spirit-filled saxophone player. And here, friends, we see the hand of God moving. We see the hand of God moving as the new king that he had chosen, David, finds his way into the palace and finds acceptance and favor with the current king, Saul. I want you to think about the start of a progression of events by which David ends up where? In the palace of the king. David, the chosen next king, anointed by the prophet Samuel. Saul had no idea who this kid was. This young man standing in front of him with a musical instrument slung over his shoulder. King Saul's successor was standing right in front of him and Saul never knew it. And I don't think David mentioned it. David had come, listen, David had come today for one purpose, and only one purpose, to minister to the king in his depression and his torment. That was the calling on the day of the life of David. That was the calling of the day on the life of David to minister peace, to minister deliverance, to minister healing to King Saul. David's coronation would happen in time. But for today, for today, that young man was called to minister deliverance to the king. I think he was so on track with what God had put in his life that he knew that that wasn't the day of coronation. That was the day of ministry. David knew where he was at for that moment in time in his life. He knew that God had placed him there and he knew for what purpose God had placed him there. I want to say to you, my friend, God has a calling on your life. It may not be the eventual thing that you see, but it's going to be for that day what God has called you to. And it is going to be for that day for the glory of his kingdom and very, very likely for the help of someone else. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that. I think God equips us, anoints us, gifts us, and then places us in position that we might be able to minister to someone else today. Today. Now you may find yourself the minister of that gift, or you may find yourself the recipient of that gift. I might suggest that you accept both. Both. 
Why do I even bother to say that? Sometimes we're too proud to ask for help. Sometimes we're too, we're too self-sufficient to ask for a brother or sister to come alongside of us. But I want to tell you that God wants to use another brother or sister to meet what you need by his spirit and by his gifting. David's gig for the day was to play for the king and minister peace and minister deliverance. Amazingly, young David effectively ministered to the king. A ministry of healing. A ministry of deliverance. A kid from the, a kid from the sheep, you guys. A kid from out in the hillside was able to minister deliverance to the king, peace to the king, healing to the king. We see that Saul invites young David to be one of his assistants. After the choosing and the anointing of David by the prophet Samuel, David had gone back to the hills, back to the flock of sheep, but now, say but now, but now under the plan of God, David finds himself ministering personally to none other than the king. God's got a plan. The pieces of the path were coming together in the life of David. The pieces of the path. The guidance of the Lord was out ahead of him, and the pieces of David's path were coming together. Now, I'm not going to tease you with the next story to come, because you know some of the stories of the life of David. You know some of, the, some of the stories of David, the great warrior. You know some of the stories of David, the, the, the influential king. And you know the story of David the forgiven sinner. The path of David's life was coming into being. As David lived out his calling, his writing took on the character of his life. We can look at the events of his life and see reflections of those events in the Psalms that David wrote. That's why I felt led for this series to link the life of David and what we learn in the Psalms about worship. That's where I'm going with this. Are you all right? I want to go to one of David's Psalms that we now know as Psalm 20. And some words of worship. Say words of worship. Friends, my daughter made that graphic. Isn't that sweet? <laughs> words of worship. Look at verse 1 of 20. This is a psalm of prayer. It is a psalm of seeking victory over the enemy. I want you, listen, I want you to receive this blessing of this psalm from the pen of David, and I believe 
from the heart of God for us today. Receive this. Number one, verse one, may the Lord answer you when you're in distress. Anybody been in distress? Anybody needed the answer of the Lord in a moment of distress? First word of worship here is may. It's the psalmist saying, may. Those around me, my family, may. May you find answers when you're in distress. It's a prayer of blessing. I say today it's a prayer of blessing to you, my friend. May the Lord answer you when you are in distress. And may, say may, and may the name of the God of Jacob protect you. When we come to praise, when we come to worship, when we come to prayer, what do we do? We name our God. In our series on the Lord's Prayer recently, you remember? Our Father who art in heaven. We start in addressing our Father, our God. Here, he says, may the answers come from who? From who? The God of Jacob. And may the name of the God of Jacob protect you. I'm all right with that. How about you? Verse 2. May he send you help from the sanctuary and grant you support from Zion. Both the word sanctuary here and the word support here talk about the presence of the Lord, the place of the presence of the Lord, or the place of presence, the sanctuary. When you come into what we call the sanctuary, I pray this is the place, this is a place where the presence of God can be found. He can be found anywhere, on the street, at your workplace, in your closet, even, even driving, whether you're over the speed limit or not. <laughs> His presence can be found. Sanctuary. Sanctuary. May he send you help from his presence. May he send you help from his sanctuary. May he support you from his dwelling place, which here is referred to as Zion or Jerusalem. May you receive support. (laughs) Wow. May you receive support from his dwelling place. I want you to receive this morning this psalm of blessing. Verse 3. I love this one in the context of learning about worship. May he remember, say remember, may he remember all your sacrifices and accept your burnt offerings. Sacrifices and offerings in the Old Testament day were the key forms of worship. They were the key forms of worship. David is saying, may God remember, may God recognize, in a sense, may God accept your sacrifices of worship. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. You remember that one? We bring a sacrifice of praise. May 
May he remember those moments when you've, we sang earlier today, come on now, we sang earlier today, I choose to praise, to glorify, glorify the name of all. I choose to praise. Say, I choose to praise. May he, may he remember, friends, may he remember those moments, those moments. May he accept, receive, and acknowledge those moments of praise. He loves you that much and he's that personal to you. May he remember your sacrifices, accept your burnt offering, the very best that you have to bring, that you present before the Lord. He accepts as your worship. You with me? Verse 4. <laughs> May he give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. When you are positioned to be in his will, when you are living a life of praise and worship and acknowledging him as your God, when you are in that place of God's presence, the desires of your hearts, your plans, your goals, your wants, your needs will be provided for by his riches and glory. May he give you the desire of your heart. He can say that because he's already recognized that you are a worshiper. You are a follower of the true God. If you were not, he could not say, huh, come on. If you are not, he could not say, may God give you the desire of your heart because that desire of your heart, as we know, may not be so good for you. But when you're positioned in his will, when you're positioned as a worshiper, when you're positioned in walking his path, the desires of your heart will come to pass. <laughs> and now David turns from, may he give to may we. Somebody say, may we. May we. All right, it's, you see the turnaround here? There's a turnaround. May God bless. Now there's this turnaround. May we, may we, next verse, Mike, may we shout for joy. Hallelujah. May we shout for joy over your victory and lift our banners in the name of our God. May we shout for joy. Listen, our response to his, may he bless you, may he give you, may he recognize in you, may he be merciful to you. Our response of him being merciful, of him blessing is, may we shout for joy in, in the victory of the Lord. May we shout for joy. May we lift up our banners in the name of the Lord our God. Rabbit trail alert. I drive through Mount Healthy on my way to work. Down Hamilton Avenue. I enjoy a cup of coffee in the morning. On the left-hand side of Hamilton Avenue, right near Compton and Mount Healthy, 
there are a couple of those flag type banners that business you know the ones that kind of flop in the breeze or they're yay tall and it says that beautiful word coffee and Scott Snyder has a parking space that is open almost every morning as I come south on Hamilton Avenue and I just pull a little to the right there and I park and I very carefully cross traffic across Hamilton Avenue to, to see my friends at Square Mile Coffee Shop. Square Mile Coffee Shop. Because somebody at Square Mile lifted their banner that said coffee. <laughs> Scott paid attention and tried it the first time and now honestly I probably go there more than I should although I will tell you that you all have been benefactors because I do about two-thirds of my sermon writing sitting in their little coffee shop in Hamilton Avenue it's kind of the shed how do you lift your banner in the name of the Lord your God how do you put God on display in your life? What are the things you do to make sure that somebody notices God in your life? That somebody notices. And maybe, just maybe, somebody will find a parking space next to you. Maybe, just maybe, somebody will have a cup of coffee with you. Lift your banner in the name of the Lord your God. Who is he? He's your provider. He's your savior. He's, he's your healer. He's your inspiration. Raise the banner and wave the flag of the greatness of the Lord your God. The name of the Lord your God. I don't have time today to get into a... a, a, a an outlet on the, on the names of God, but I want to tell you that during this series on worship, we're going to touch on a lot of the biblical names of God. <laughs> May the Lord grant all your requests, it says. <laughs> May the Lord grant all your requests. Well, he's not going to grant them if you're, not, if you're not lined up, if you're not in position. With his, isn't that true? Now, David turns a corner here in this psalm of the remainder of 20. Verse 6 of Psalm 20. This I know. If you don't remember anything I say today, you can proclaim this I know. And go back a verse. When you wave the banner, when you wave the flag... When you let the world know that you're walking under the umbrella of mercy and in the grace of Christ and in his victory, wave the banner, shout for joy, and then you can say with confidence these next words, this I know. Pastor Tim Kufelt used to say, I know because I know because I know in my knower, I know in my knower, I know in my knower that I know. I trust our God has convinced you 
of his presence in your life that you can say, now this I know. This I know. Do you know? If anybody's here without confidence of God's presence in your life, without confidence of salvation in Jesus Christ, you need to know it. You need to be able to say, this I know. David turns a corner here. He says, this I know. The Lord gives victory to his anointed. <laughs> you think David knew in his knower that he knew that the Lord gives victory to his anointed? David lived that life. As we learn about the life of David over the next weeks, we are going to see that the Lord gives victory to his anointed. He answers him from his heavenly sanctuary and with the victorious power of his right hand. Remember, sanctuary. He answers from the very heart of his presence. He answers. And one of the most famous verses in Scripture, verse 7 of Psalm 20. Wow. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust. Say, but we trust. But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Chariots and horses were the symbols of the power of the day. Chariots and horses and shields and spears, they were the symbols of the power of the day. Some trust in those things, but we, but we, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. What a great heartwarming verse of scripture. I contend that this would be a decent one to commend to your memory. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Verse 8, this is about victory. Say victory. This is about victory. They are brought to their knees and fall, but we rise up, but we, but we, but we rise up and stand firm. Lord, give victory to the king. Answer us when we call. David finishes this powerful psalm by crying out, Lord, answer us when we call. Answer us when we call. <laughs> now this I know, he said. Now this I know. I know that when I walk across Hamilton Avenue and I push that door open it says push by the way not pull because I've tried to pull on it and I push that door open and I come up to the counter I'm going to be greeted with a hot cup of caffeine now this I know give victory to the king answer us when we call, our God is the King of Kings and He is the victorious King and He will be ultimately King over all. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So, so, therefore, David is walking the walk of faith he is, he is positioning himself for his destiny. And we see it reflected when we read his writings 
in the Psalms. I think, listen, I think the Psalms illuminate, emphasize, light up the wonderful things that we can learn in David's life. The Psalms will light those up. So, from David, may the Lord answer you, friends, when you're in distress. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you, friends. May he send you help from the sanctuary. May he grant you support from Zion, from his presence. May he remember your times of worship, all of your sacrifices. May he give you, may he give you, my friend, may he give you the desires of your heart. This is a blessing from God. From the, from the pen of David. And then may we shout for joy. And may we wave the banners of the Lord our God. Father, this is your word. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, Lord, our strength and our redeemer.